You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, our ranking series continues shifting towards the blue line and where the Winnipeg Jets sit when it comes to decors in the NHL. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's jump right into it here. Hope everybody had themselves an awesome weekend as August begins to wind down here. Summer's, man, summer's almost over already, but just means that the Labor Day Classic is right around the corner. So is Burger Week as well. Fall's the best season anyway, so we're going to be okay. We're actually going to get into Burger Week a little more in depth in one of our next episodes coming up soon here. But for now, we'll focus instead of the beef, the beef on the back end. We're going to talk the best and the worst in terms of blue lines in the NHL. Last week, we talked forward groups. As the Jets came in 19th overall, actually, technically, I think they dropped to 20th after Calgary signed Nazem Kadri. So we'll see if Winnipeg can avoid a similar negative fate when it comes to the defensemen. Now, again, if you missed it last week, this ranking is solely based for this upcoming season. Which decor would you want to go into an 82-game season, and then hopefully a uh, 16-win postseason with age, cap hit. None of that really matters. It's just strictly for this year alone. For me as well, I always put a lot more emphasis on teams that have that stud, true number one defenseman. They, they'll play close to half the game. They carry way more impact than just having, you know, a solid one through six. You have to have a pretty suspect blue line to not grade high if you've got that number one stud on the back end. So that, that I mean, people will view defensemen in a different way. But for me, I put a lot of emphasis on having that true number one guy. Now, the Jets took a pretty big year-to-year drop when it came to the guys up front. Let's see what happens here with the defensemen who actually finished, or not finished, they started 17th. Going into last season, we'll see if the Jets rise or fall on the back end from that 17 spot. 
All right, so we'll start at the bottom here before moving back up top in my confusing way I unveil these rankings here. We'll start with the bottom 10 because good news is the Winnipeg Jets don't have to worry about being in the bottom 10 for either the forward group or the defense core. The defense core, this has been a bit of an issue in the past few seasons, but not last year and not this year again. We start off with the worst defense group in the NHL going into this season. And woof, Montreal is in a world of hurt for this upcoming season, specifically when it comes to what they've got brewing on their back end there. With all due respect to, to these two players who are infinitely better than I could ever be at hockey and, and yada, 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 but... According to Cap Friendly, if your top pair is Joel Edmondson and David Savard, you're probably not trying to win a lot of hockey games. And and that's hey, good good for Montreal. They they should be building to the future at this stage of their franchise. But hey, yeah, yeah, it's been a long time since I can remember a blue line. You probably have to go back to Buffalo tanking for for the McDavid Eichel draft to see a blue line. That is this lacking in both high-end and even depth quality right now. Chris Weidman was over in the KHL last year. And he slotted in on their second pair in Montreal. It's going to be a long, long season for the Habs and their fans. We'll see if it's worth it by the time the draft lottery rolls around. They've got the worst decor in the NHL. Routed out the bottom 10. Chicago with maybe the worst defense contract in the NHL. Seth Jones is... Eight-year extension is about to kick in right now. Chicago at 31. Anaheim, despite signing John Klingberg to a, a deal I actually like it, just one year. I've got them in the 30th spot. Buffalo at 29. Intrigued to see what Owen Power does this year. Vancouver, 28. Arizona, good for Arizona. They're not in the bottom five of something. Uh, at number 27, for now, we'll see what happens with Jacob Chikrin. Uh, Columbus at 26, Ottawa at 25. Again, we'll see what happens with them and Jacob Chikrin. San Jose, I can't quit Eric Carlson just yet. I got them at 24, although Carlson had himself a nice little bounce back year last year. And then rounding out the bottom 10, number 23, the Philadelphia Flyers. I know, I know, when you've got Rastis or Salinen, how could you be in the bottom 10? I, I, I don't know. I've got them there, though. The Flyers... At number 23. So that's the worst of the worst in the NHL. The best of the best? Yeah, probably not going to be much of a surprise. At, at least at number one. Number two might surprise you initially. But when you look at what they've got there, I, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of arguing that they shouldn't be just behind the best blue line in the league. But the reigning Stanley Cup champs find themselves atop the defense rankings. Number two last year, number one this year, the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, look, you could have Kale McCarr alone, and that might make you a top 10 defense core in the NHL, right? Like, we're talking about one of the three best players on the planet right now. But Devon Taves, to me, Team Canada Olympic defenseman, quality. Bowen Byram might not be too far behind those other guys in a couple of years after the playoffs he had. Manson with the physicality there. Sam Gerrard is... Maybe the fourth or fifth best defenseman on that team, and he might be the second or third best D-man on a lot of other teams. To me, Colorado is is definitely easily 
the number one choice for blue lines in the NHL. Behind them, though, I've actually got the Nashville Predators. Tampa Bay was the team with the best decor for me going into last season. And it's quite simple. One team got Ryan McDonough. One team lost Ryan McDonough. And that's how the top three gets rounded out there. The Predators, and with Roman Yossi's out-of-this-world season, are pretty, pretty loaded on the back end there. Not too shabby to have a Yossi, Ekholm, and Ryan McDonough trio there. And the other three defensemen in their starting six aren't too shabby either. Tampa Bay, for me, drops down to number three. Be fascinated to see what Mikhail Sergachev does this season, giving, essentially, the Ryan McDonough role beside Eric Chernak in the second pair for the Tampa Bay Lightning. After that, I've got the Calgary Flames at number four. Mackenzie Weger being added to an already solid defense core from last year. We'll do that for you. Uh, I got the Rangers at number five. I mean, I, I know the Truba contract isn't necessarily sparkling and sterling, but... Man, Truba and Condre Miller as your number two D pair, that's pretty damn solid. And Adam Fox is an absolute beast up there on the top pair. I got the Rangers just ahead of Carolina, although you could probably convince me to, uh, with a slave in Brent Burns' top pair, to put Carolina ahead of New York, but we're splitting hairs there. Uh, the rest of the top 10, Vegas. I think we'll see a bounce back from Alex Petrangelo this year. I got Vegas at number seven, Boston at number eight. Toronto at number nine, and then the Minnesota Wild, the third central team to have a defense core inside the top 10 there. That's a little bit worrisome if you're the Winnipeg Jets and their fan base, uh, but I got Minnesota just sneaking into the top 10 there. So that leaves us teams 11 through 22. Where do the Winnipeg Jets find themselves this year? I, I wonder where fans might lean towards. Would you have them closer to 11? Would you have them back towards the 22 spot or maybe somewhere hanging around in the middle there? Well, I mean, first off, we'll get to that in just a sec. Secondly, let me know on Twitter at Brandon underscore Wiki where you initially might have had the Winnipeg Jets. Just looking at their decor right now where you would have them ranked in the NHL. We'll get to that in just a minute or two. But before we do that, we're going to give a quick shout-out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, who are about to get you set for a big payday with college football just around the corner. And to celebrate one of the best times of the year, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on any team and get 200 and free bets instantly win or lose a reminder as well that you can place a same game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout i mean i know alabama opens up the season as the number one team yet again if you want to throw basically everything towards bama covering every spread and prop bet i would go ahead and do that because they've won their last 33 season openers i don't know if that's true i'm not gonna look it up you're not either, so let's go with it. And a reminder to DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. So the meat of the middle here when it comes 
to the decors inside the NHL. Numbers 11 through 22. You know, I would be pretty surprised. I Even the most optimistic Jets fan, I believe, would not have this blue line as it stands right now, sniffing just outside the top 10. So we'll unveil a few more teams in and around that range before we ultimately get to the Winnipeg Jets. At number 11, the Pittsburgh Penguins, despite the trade of John Marino. I've got them just outside the number 10 spot with Chris Letang on the top pair, Jeff Petrie on the second pair. Don't love the trade all that much, but as it stands right now, a, a, a pretty damn good decor in Pittsburgh. That's about all the Penguins and, and literally anybody that lives in Pittsburgh has going for them. Uh, at number 12, a dowdy renaissance has the LA Kings occupying the number 12 spot just ahead of a few Metro teams and the New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils. I also feel like while Jets fans wouldn't have them just outside the top 10, they wouldn't have them hovering around the 20 spot either. At least I feel that way. Um, I've got at number 22, the Detroit Red Wings for now, because I think we're not too far away from Mo Sider taking over the NHL and putting, pushing the Red Wings up closer to the top 10 spot. He is just such a stud. I love watching him play. Not, not a lot else there on the Red Wings blue line, but Sider enough is reason to push them uh, up to the 22 spot. Uh, they're followed by the Seattle Kraken at the number 21 spot. Solid decor, but no real high-end top pair guy for the Kraken just yet. So that leaves us just a handful of teams here. And this is the spot the Winnipeg Jets find themselves in. Teams 15 through 20. And I mentioned earlier with the way I do my defense rankings that if a team has... A number one guy, not, not not a top pair guy, a number one guy, I'm going to kind of lean towards them if things get a little tight here. Um, that's why at number 15, I've got the Florida Panthers, who have a pretty big fall from grace, losing Uyghur and not really replacing him with anybody just yet. But Aaron Eggblad's a stud, and Aaron Eggblad can probably carry a pairing all by himself. Gus Forsling's actually been a, a, a really underrated, solid, dependable defenseman these past couple of seasons for the Panthers as well. And, and Radko Gudis hasn't killed anybody yet. And when he does that, he, he's not too bad at hockey either. So I've got the Panthers just ahead of Winnipeg at number 15. For me, the Washington Capitals at number 16 on the strength of John Carlson, who was just under a point a game this past season. That leaves us with teams 17, 18, 19, and 20. For me, there's really not a lot separating these four teams here. You could probably pick and choose who goes where, and it, it's pretty tight at this point. For me, though, I've got the Winnipeg Jets for the second straight year, sitting at the number 17 spot overall, followed by the Dallas Stars, the St. Louis Blues, and then the Edmonton Oilers, at number 20. The reason why, I, I mean, I guess, look, the reason why I have Winnipeg where they're at, the reason why, you know, Dallas isn't ahead of Winnipeg first off, because I mentioned, you know, a number one D-man will push you higher up the rankings for me. Heiskanen clearly is that. I mean, top 10 defenseman in the league. Um, 
the rest of the Stars' blue line is not... The, the Stars might be the most top-heavy team in the NHL this year. Because, I mean, you've got that top line of Hintz, Pavelski, and Robertson, which is outstanding. Heiskanen and Suter, mainly Heiskanen, is an outstanding top pair. But outside of that, there's just not a lot that's going to get you super excited when you look at the Stars lineup. And for me, there's just not enough around Miro Heiskanen, for me at least, to necessitate putting them ahead of the Winnipeg Jets right now. Although, I mean, out of those four teams that are all bunched together here, Heiskanen clearly the best defenseman that any of those teams has to offer. But I I wonder... is this optimistic? As pet, like I wonder how Jets fans feel about them. For me, at least, dropping into the number seventeen spot. I, I, I think I kind of lean a little optimistic with this, right? I mean, yes, they didn't jump up a few spots, but they didn't drop down any either. And and when you look at this defense core, you know, it's a little bit different than the forward group, which ranks either nineteenth or twentieth in the NHL. And that I feel like the Winnipeg Jets defense has a pretty high floor I don't know how high the ceiling is necessarily but I think we kind of know what to expect and what we're going to get from this Jets blue line next year this upcoming season that it's just going to be a solid group that lacks ultimate star power but you know with a steady defensive hand and Rick Bonus should be able to be a pretty difficult group to play against and that's why I've got them in the 17th spot. There's a few other reasons as well, while while I might be a little more optimistic than some with this Jets blue line. And honestly, the, the reason why I have them this high is what, what I think was the best story this past season for the Winnipeg Jets individually. I, I know Eric Comrie's, you know, Eric Comrie's star turn from out of nowhere was was fun and, and good for one of the nice guys. One of the nicest guys you'll ever get the chance to talk to. That's an NHL player. But I'll tell you what, Josh Morrissey isn't too far behind that either. And the fact of the matter is, last season, Josh Morrissey played like a top pair defenseman. Just end of sentence there. He was a top pair D-man last year. And I, I certainly had my doubts that he was ever going to reach that level. And I did not anticipate it. I, 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 thought, I thought we'd kind of see... We, we'd seen the best out of Josh Morrissey at the very least. And I, I was completely wrong and, and whipped on that one. He was pretty much, from game one on, maybe the most consistent player that the Winnipeg Jets had last season. He was, he was just so, so good. And what was kind of startling to me watching him play last year was that, you know, sometimes you'll see a guy that's, you know, 22, 23, take a big physical leap. You know what I mean? His, his skating gets faster, he gets a bit stronger, adds a few other elements to his game. I thought we saw a similar jump from Josh Morrissey last season to, to somebody that might do that in their early 20s. I, I thought he was noticeably faster. I thought there was a lot, a lot more skill in his game as well. And we saw him develop a pretty damn good shot as well. I mean, he was he was pounding him in left and right at the start of last season, and he's kind of turned into a nice little weapon on the second power play unit. So so that, to me, was the biggest reason for why I had the Jets as high as I do, is that Josh Morrissey has shown that he's a top-pair guy. Is he a, a true number one? I I mean, I'm not going to hold it against him after the leap he took last year. For me, he's just a, a really, really good number two. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever, and 
you know what, a Morrissey-DeMello top pair, while it's not one of the best in the NHL, those two have, have shown that they can hold their own, and, and Dylan DeMello continues to be one of the more underrated players in the entire NHL. So you have the Morrissey factor. Some great depth. I mean, show me a third pair that's better right now than what the Jets have in Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt, assuming Dylan Sandberg starts the year with Neil Pionk. I mean, that's that's a pretty damn good third pair there. And, you know, you could make the case that either one of those guys or both of them could be second pair defensemen on a lot of teams in this league. And that's, I mean, Logan Stanley and, and Vili Hainala and, and Jonathan Kovacevic waiting in the wings there. This this team, this team's pretty deep and can withstand an injury or two there. And I would put depth-wise the Winnipeg Jets up amongst the best in the NHL. The problem with that, though, is while the depth is great, it's it's the quality, it's the high-end quality that this team still is lacking right now. And that's what keeps them from pushing a little bit closer towards the top 10. Because while Morrissey had his great year, while we've seen flashes from Neil Pionk, this team, the, the the glaring hole, the only one that's there on this blue line right now is that they are missing that stud number one defenseman. Pretty much every team, maybe Minnesota's the only one in that top 10. But, I mean, you can make the case for, for Jared Spurgeon, I think. But all those teams in the top 10 have a number one defenseman. Even the teams sniffing around that have that number one guy. And you just see how valuable it is come playoff time, right? When the benches get shortened and you can lean on a Hedman, a Makar, a Fox, a Yossi, a Slavin, a so on and so on and so on. There's just so much value in having that guy. Less into the regular season, but when you get into the playoffs, I'm I'm of the firm belief that you need somebody like that if you want to find yourself making deep playoff runs year after year. And the Jets just don't have that guy yet. Yet, though. And it's interesting because there's one name in this Jets organization that's kind of their last hope at being that number one guy. Like I mentioned, Morrissey's a great top pair defenseman. Now, if he continues to play like he did last year, I just don't know if he's got that in him. But if it's not going to be Josh Morrissey, there's really only one other name, in my opinion, that could be that for the Winnipeg Jets. And that, of course, is Vili Hainala. And the reason why I say Vili Hainala could be that guy is, is kind of twofold. I mean, one, as a 21-year-old, he could just develop into that guy and be that type of a player for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, he's shown at the AHL level, at least, that, you know what, he could run that league if he was there for an entire season. He's clearly shown that he's NHL caliber right now, and, and maybe there's another leap for him to take to, to ascend himself into that tier. But the other reason that Vili Hainala could be the answer for that number one guy is if you're a team that, for whatever reason, needs to move on from that specific top pair defenseman, generally in these types of moves, we see a similar formula involve, right? It's usually a top prospect, a roster player, and we'll say a first-round pick, but but a high draft pick is, is thrown in there, right? And if that's the case, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets kind of have that at the ready here, do they not? I mean, you could potentially have a deal that sees 
Brandon Dillon, Billy Hanela, and a first-round pick be moved out, and a stud number one guy is brought in, and the core of the defense doesn't really change all that much, right? Because Dillon would be the only regular in this situation being moved out of the lineup, and you're just making a massive upgrade on that spot there. It, it is it's very, very intriguing if the Jets do decide to go the trade route to bring in an impact piece like that, that they do have the pieces to make such a move happen. And I, I, I really wonder... I really wonder when Kevin Chevaldeev looks at his blue line, if, if he feels a similar way that I do, and if that's the case, how he goes about trying to fix that. Because that that's the way I see it, is that you've got one route to find that guy, and that's either you believe Philly Hanela is going to be that, and if that's the case, you're going to play him, and, and really, not give him, but pencil him into the starting lineup and, and have him... Have him earn that spot, but really give a long leash. Have him play 10, 15, 20 games in a row and see what you got there. Or you come to the realization that he's not going to be that guy for your organization. And you get aggressive and you make the move to try to find that guy, whoever that might be. I mean, some people think Chikrin could be that guy. Maybe you try to shoot a little bit higher. I don't know who that name could possibly be. But we have seen a decent amount of high-end defensemen get moved over these past couple of off-seasons. And we know all it takes is a disgruntled guy who's pissed off at his coach or pissed off with his con, whatever it might be. These players do tend to pop up every once in a I mean, Mackenzie Weger got traded out of the blue, right? These guys are available. It's, it's rare, but they're out there. I do wonder what the best avenue is for the Winnipeg Jets to go about that. For me, if you're asking me what I would do, you know, I, I think Billy Hanela is going to be a good NHL defenseman. I don't know if he's going to be a top pair guy. I, I, I do wonder if, if that really is his ultimate ceiling. For, for me, I think he'd be an outstanding second pair defenseman, kind of in the mold of Anil Pionk, honestly. Like, I, I think that's probably the career path that I see playing out for Vili Hanela, a guy that, you know, plays on the second pair, might be able to quarterback your power play, the, the first power play, but definitely the second power play, and 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 be a pretty damn good player for you. But I don't know if he's going to reach the levels of, you know, if you're looking at similar body types in Adam Fox or a Kayla McCarr. I, I just don't know if the if the skating is necessarily there for him. And, and so I would lean towards looking into the trade market to try to bring in that number one guy. Because if you were able to do that, if you were able to keep some of the big pieces of this decor together, but add that number one pair defenseman, there's no way this Jets decor wouldn't be top 10 in the NHL. It would just be a matter of how high up the rankings you would put them there. That, that's, that's the missing piece right now. And, and that's why I would be super, super aggressive to go out there and make that happen. And I do wonder if, you know, as we wrap up this episode here, I do wonder if what this lineup looks like, or at least what Vili Hanela's role is to start the season, ultimately determines what this team and organization think of him. Because if he's on, if he's one of the seven defensemen to make the team here, you know, that probably leads me to believe that that Chevy and company still have some high hopes for him and that maybe Rick Bonus could unlock some of that potential the same way he did for Amiro Heiskanen a few years back. But 
with Jonathan Kovacevic needing to clear waivers and, and the Jets probably losing him for nothing, you know, I, I wonder if, if Vili Hainel is starting the season in the AHL maybe means the Winnipeg Jets aren't extremely high on him, you know, being a top four contributor right now this season. And if that's the case, I do wonder if his time in the organization is, you know, more likely to come to an end sooner than later. We'll keep an eye on that as we move forward here. But there, there is an avenue, I believe, for the Winnipeg Jets to find themselves creeping up into the top 10 there. And it's not playing the status quo. It's it's going out there and making an aggressive move. I haven't been too many moves this offseason, so I'm not going to necessarily hold my breath on that one happening sometime soon. At the very least, though, it is nice to look at this decor from where it was a few seasons ago to where it is right now. And you know what? Think to yourself, with a world-class goalie behind us, you know, defensively, with the blue line and the goaltender, you should feel pretty confident. Didn't play out this past season that way, but you know what? With Rick Bonus in the fold, I, I I feel somewhat optimistic that we might see a more stingy blue line in Winnipeg this upcoming season. But let me know what you think. Would love to get your thoughts and opinions on all of this. I mean, first off, where you have the Winnipeg Jets and the defense rankings across the NHL. Are they right in that mushy middle? Closer to the top half, closer to the bottom half. What do you think about Vili Hainala? And I guess the potential that lies in him. And what his future is and maybe should be with this organization or any of the other blue liners on the Winnipeg Jets squad. Would love to know your opinions on this. At Brandon underscore Rewiki on Twitter and the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. We'll certainly get to all of your responses, questions, everything when we get back to it later on this week. But until then, we're going to wrap up this episode right now and we'll cap it off there. We'll continue our ranking series as we move forward here. And a reminder, too, that we've got episodes coming out every Tuesday and Friday. I know Friday we didn't come out with one last week, but we'll get back to it this Friday here. Until then, though... Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.